Hey, it's Dan Harmon from Harmontown. I want to tell you about an exciting new podcast coming to Feral Audio called Launch Left. Rain, Phoenix, and Moon Zappa are going to interview extraordinary minds, mavericks, and pioneers in their fields. This season, Launch Left is going to celebrate nonconformists like Michael Stipe, Shepard Ferry, Spike Jones, Mario Batali, and many others. And those guests are also going to spotlight their favorite left-of-center emerging artists. So listen and subscribe now at feralaudio.com slash left, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can do it however you want, man. That's the nonconformist part. Guys, finding quality denim jeans is tough. And to find a good pair without breaking the bank is just uh, almost impossible. But at Distilled, spelled D-S-T-L-D, you get like brand top quality jeans at a price that won't break your bank. And I know I said break the bank, but I like saying break the bank. And I'll say it again. Break the bank. But just go to distilled.com, D-S-T-L-D. LD.com right now and use a promo code FERAL and check out and get a 20% discount on your first pair. And these are great jeans. I love them. I wear them all the time. Heck, I sleep in them. Distilled jeans. They're the best jean you're ever going to wear. In fact, I shower in them. Distilled jeans. D-S-T-L-D. They're good quality, super duper denim. And, you know, it's not going to cost you like $200 or $100. Go to distilled.com, D-S-T-L-D.com. Do it. Get some jeans. Look cool. Feral Audio. Hello, and welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. Hey, guess what? I'm Matt Dwyer. That's who I am. Who are you? I'll never know. You're in other parts of the country and world listening to me ramble on. Uh, (laughs) uh, Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you haven't listened to it before, it is just what the title says there. It's a a chat, a conversation. It's uh, not an appropriate interview. It's just... It's uh, two people talking, and I usually talk to um, fine artists, legends of literature activists, musicians. Um, today I speak with a uh, artist I am a huge fan of and who also did the logo for my show, Jenny Fine. But uh, I, uh, <clears throat> I follow her. Uh, after uh, she you know, did my logo, we changed the look of Conversations with Matt Dwyer a little bit, and she'd, she did the logo, and I, I you know, sought her out on social media, and I started following her on uh, the Instagram uh, did I just say Tumblr a second ago? Anyway, I follow her on Instagram, and uh, I'm just I uh, I just she does these warm up pictures that she posts a lot, and uh, I just I f and love them. They're they're really great. So I she's a really great uh, conversation that I have today. Uh, as I record this, I have finally you might have heard me bitching and moaning for weeks about my comedy album, and uh, I recorded it. It went incredibly well. I uh, I uh, I took the stage and uh, I got uh, a huge response from the audience and I got weepy. I uh, it was it was kind of astounding. I uh, so I I don't know I don't know if a lot of uh, the bigger uh, legendary comedians have started off their albums uh, crying like a little baby, but uh, I did. I, I didn't cry. I just got... It was very moving, because uh, not only a lot of friends turned out, 
But a lot of people, I didn't know who they were, and they were very enthusiastic for my stupid face to walk up on stage. And um, that was very exciting to me. That's all. And uh, I'm not sure when it's going to come out, but believe me, you're going to be hearing about it. Uh, and I, I was really happy. And, you know, I was, I was, I was seriously considering quitting stand-up comedy. Actually, I, I had quit before I did this album. Motherfucking Jonah Ray asked me to do this, and uh, I very reluctantly was like, yes, I looked for ways to get out of it. <laughs> I was, like, trying to figure out, like, I was almost going to write Jonah and say, like, look, man, I don't think I should do this. Uh, I had nightmares. Uh, I have had skin problems because I was so stressed out <laughs> about it. I'm not even going to tell you about those. I'm just going to tell you I've got a rash on my butt. Um, so, and then once I did it, you know, I was like, hey, I'm pretty good at this. So, um, I'm going to keep doing it and hopefully maybe someday I'll do a comedy album and hopefully it won't take me as long as it took me to do this one because I've been doing stand-up, uh, seriously for, for 15, 16 years and, uh, I've been doing it, you know, I started at 18 uh, I was in the funniest teen in Chicago competition. That's right, everybody. And um, my best friend at the time won, Hal Sparks, and his set was uh, way better than mine. And I I talked about doing drugs and political things <laughs> as a teenager, things I didn't know about, but I wanted to be Lenny Bruce. And, uh, you know, when one's barely lived life, they can comment on the world. When they've barely left the state of Illinois, they know how to. They know what goes on in the rest of the world, and they've got great insights about it. So I'm looking forward to uh, exploring comedy more. Um, and you know, I've I've also talked a lot about on the show about um, a book. And boy, that's just uh, dealing with agents. I, I've uh, these these people contacted me out of nowhere, said they wanted to work with me. Now they don't return my emails. This is showbiz, everybody. It's an infuriating nightmare. And, you know, these people contact you and you go, oh, maybe I can make some quick money. It's all headaches. There is no such thing as quick money in showbiz. Um, there's not. And I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before, but it's like, you know, these people, they probably would listen, you know, they would probably talk to Henry Miller and be like, you know, you shouldn't, uh, we want, we like your book. You're a great writer, Mr. Miller, but, you know, less, less of the graphics to talk about women's vaginas and just can find more flower the stuff you talk about like Paris that's great that's romantic but you know this hard sex drinking and uh, tone it down it's just there's not a market for it that's what they would be it's upsetting anyway I think I've taken up enough of your time uh, let's get to the great uh, conversation I had with a very talented and wonderful person we became friends after this and uh, we're gonna double date my gal her gal so, anyway, here's Jenny Fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so scared right now. I'm really scared. I've um, done podcasts before, though, so that's the thing. I've done them before. Which podcasts have you done? Uh... Mutant season. I've done. Um, I've been on Sex Nerd Sandra a couple times. What's that? She's um, she's a sex. Um, 
she investigates like sex I'm, crimes. I'm not. Di- no. <laughs> Have you heard of the comic book called Sex Criminals? No, but I'm interested now. I don't want to talk about it because I I feel like if I say anything about it, it'll already give away the premise, and it's really interesting. I haven't read it yet, though. Oh, okay. What, 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 it's okay to give away a premise. Just don't give away, like, Johnny Thunderpants killed this person. It's these, okay, it's these, um, these kids who, or the, it's this one kid who figures out that, like, he can stop time when he has an orgasm. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And then he meets this other... We'd lady. still be in the mid-70s if I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> that was a masturbating joke. Ah. <laughs> it's taking me a while to be like, because I'm kind of like nervous to be like, oh, tr- humor. <laughs> oh. Um, so that was a horrible laugh. Yeah, was um, a but terrible. yeah, so he meets another lady who also does it, and then they they stop time, and then they like rob banks and stuff. I guess that's and really. And there's other people who could do it who exist in that realm who I guess they interact with. Now I want to read. I don't read a lot of comic books though. I just started back into comics before like i i hadn't read them for like i don't know 10 15 years i was very judgmental of um that so-called nerd world and i think that was just me being curmudgeonly and then i had seek donnelly do you know him on yeah he did the show and uh and then we went comic book shopping because i was like all right but then i have yet to read him yeah but i i don't i have to read a lot for the show so i don't oh yeah i have a lot of authors on oh yeah so okay. that I'm trying not to do that for a while, just because I'm like I want to read shit. I want to. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Do I need to like speak into the microphone? Uh, you can be a little closer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. We could always bump it up later. Okay. Cool. This tech. But so uh, here's what I'm curious about. Okay. To start off, is you g- grew up in Minneapolis? Yes. Which is a great place. Do you ever see Prince? <laughs> you I just like at the like, like Sabaro Pizza. No, I actually I worked at an Italian restaurant that supposedly he frequented, but I was never there when he was there. That's like when I worked at Second City, like I'd always met like super famous people. You worked at Second City? Yeah. That's so cool. And famous, the whole time I was on stage there, like no one ever came and did an improv set with us. Oh, yeah. So it was like, and then I left and then they're like, Gene Simmons came. And I was like, what? What? (laughs) He used to come regularly. Oh, that's interesting. And never when I was there. I mean, the place, local like hip hop people would come there. And like, I guess uh, Matt what's the guy he was in like there's something about mary i don't know I black don't know. hair i'm just such a 30 i'm terrible with names ever since i turned 30 i think i've just been really forgetful matt something he he was like a heartthrob in like the oh 90s. perry no oh we're great <laughs> I, I'm like, I have like nieces and I, i'm not even making a joke there's like nieces and nephews in my family i'm like i think you might be like carlos or something like i'm oh really yeah. Uh, you have a lot of nieces? I'm a great uncle. You're a great uncle? I was an uncle at five. Oh, wow. Big Irish Catholic family. So okay. I like, And then my nephew got married really young and had kids right away, so it was been... That's weird. It's weird. So wait, is your nephew like the same age as you? He's like late 30s. Okay. I'm old. I don't know how old you are. 46. You look great. Thank you. I don't <laughs> feel it. <laughs> And like, like you said, like my brain is just gone to shit. Like I can't, I'm like, I can visualize somebody, but I'm like, I can't like think of the name at all. My dogs are in love with you. So, but what brought you down to Chicago? Cause you live in, that's what, you know, of course I have to talk about yeah, Chicago. Yeah, no, I, I wanted a bigger city feel. Um, and I, I had a friend who had lived in Chicago previously, who I worked with at this restaurant, who um, we wanted to move in together and move somewhere. And it was either going to be like, 
New York or LA or Chicago. And since he'd lived there before, he figured it'd be an easier adjustment. And so we went there, and that was basically it. It's uh, why, why, what? I'm, cause I'm always fast because it's like, do you have to be in LA? Do you like? Is there a reason you're like? You, it's like, do you want to like? I actually, write movies or some bullshit. I do feel like I feel like I do have to be in LA. Um, it's like there is an art scene in Minneapolis, but it just wasn't as, I don't know. It wasn't as welcoming, but at the same time, I was super antisocial when I was living there. Like I. I would get nervous talking to people, like physically nervous where I would like my stomach would shake and I would just probably sound horrible to them. And like I needed Chicago to like snap you out of it, snap me out of it. I mean, also, like I snapped out of it from working in a restaurant in Minneapolis. I just it forced me to like talk to people every day and I, I got like a sense of humor from it. And I mean, I got the sense of humor from like my family, but like I was able to bring that over to people I didn't see every day. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, it opened me up and. Um, yeah, I, th I think I do need to be in LA though, because this is, it's like this weird magical place. It, it's so dark and horrible. Like I have this weird love hate relationship with it because there is a cynicism to it, obviously. Like it's, it can just break your heart. You can like, you come here with your dreams and like, you'll just, nothing will happen. And you know, I'm sure like a lot of the sad, like zombie looking homeless people came out here with like insane talent and just you know it ruined them but there's also like if you can make it and like if and you can you can make something out of anything like I've met people out here who've made a career out of everything and it's really exciting and so like I'm I'm not living off of savings and like I'm making money like I'm I'm making rent I'm not saving anything but <laughs> I don't know anybody who is really right <laughs> but I'm I'm able to live off of my art which I've never been able to do I've never tried to do it but like before coming out here but I it's why do you, why are you make how, why are you making a living how did you I <clears throat> I, that was, I didn't even <laughs> I just made a bunch of consonants and it came out as a question that's <clears throat> I relate to that but it's like because it's funny because I, the whole time I lived in Chicago, I made my entire <laughs> living was off of creative bullshit. Yeah. And here it's been, it's like. It's a bigger pool though for you. Yeah. It's been, and I've haven't transitioned. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm not on television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I thought you write for stuff. And like I write for comedians. I don't write. I I write for, and I've written like videos and stuff with David Keckner, but I don't. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, I opened for him. I'm his opening. You guy. are. That's huge. That's I, huge. Yeah. I've known him for so long, it doesn't register, I guess. It means, <clears throat> well, it means something to me. <laughs> That's good. But it's like, uh, in LA, a lot of times is... Uh, I'm listening to you, <laughs> but, but I, I, like, I, I need this dog to pay, like, because I, I need to win this dog over. You'll win him over. Yeah. So if I'm, I'm looking away, but I'm still listening. I That's apologize. A, don't, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm often w used to women looking away when I'm... At dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh... uh I don't know, sometimes LA, like it is, it's not the city people think it is. And I've never seen it accurately, no one accurately portrays LA in anything I've ever seen. And it really is, have you? Um, I don't know, I, I feel like there's, there's not one way to depict it, but I've seen depictions of it that feel like the, like they show a side. And I don't remember this movie, but it's a movie of Michael Douglas, or not of Michael, Michael Douglas. Michael Mann? No. Oh. Michael Douglas stars in it. Falling Down? Yes. 
where he just I saw it recently, and like if for I mean I can explain it for people who haven't seen. It. I just saw it recently. Uh, he's stuck in traffic and loses his shit, and it just becomes this weird, almost video game like yeah acceleration of um chaos. And each time like he gets a new weapon, it's very much like a video game. It's weird, but like I never thought of it. That's an interesting way of looking at that movie. Um, well, I was high when I watched it, so I was like, <laughs> "This is like a video game." Um, so yeah, no, it uh, like the whole, just like the heat and like the um, God, when it's the city's hot, exasperation yeah. and like it just there's no way out of it, and like that feels very L.A. to a sense. But there's also just like there's the weird. I mean, maybe this is everywhere, but I've only started seeing it since I moved to LA. We're just like the like there, there's so many parties that are super duper themed. Like it's costumed and it's like a certain time period and color. In in like the invitations are like super long and have to explain things. And they, there's a lot of those. Yeah, I'm see. This is where I think I'm curmudgeonly again too, because there's like people will be like, "Let's have a mustache party." I'm like, "Just have a fucking party." <laughs> Yeah. Fucking just get people together. We don't. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't want to. Then the novelty of everyone having a mustache wears off, and then it's like, then it's just a regular party. So I feel like. Well, I mean, I, I feel like the novelty of it. If if anyone has is has a mustache for a novelty, then they those are the people that should have the parties because yeah. it's a novelty anyways. Yeah. I feel like the novelty of having a mustache in in real life. <laughs> is just like an aesthetic thing, and also so you don't have to. I don't know. I don't know how hard it is to shave. It's a mustache. Oh, it's I. Cu- I know I, trimming is really irritating. I wouldn't want to have like yeah. yeah. I I'm, I don't have the patience to yeah. have a fancy mustache. <laughs> but does, like, that would be a great quote <laughs> <laughs> on like a sticker. I would love to make a maybe sticker on a of that. T-shirt that has a big mustache on it. Yeah. And now, I love that quote. That's really great. You. It's funny because you moved to Chicago to to sort of. Cure social to anxiety com- to come of age. I come actually age. I cured my social anxiety when I was. I'm not good at telling linear stories. Uh, I cured my social anxiety for the most part when I like graduated high school, kind of in college. Um, when I worked at this restaurant, and also I started salsa dancing, um, which is social dancing. Do you know anything about social dancing? N- no. Um, People, like, it, this is salsa, like, not ballroom. It's not, because, like, ballroom, I always have to make this differentiation. Because <laughs> this is where I get super nerdy. And, like, especially since I've been in the nerd world out here where everyone's, like, comedians and rock and roll stars. And I'm, like, salsa dancing. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> no one wants to, no one wants to hear about it. But now I have a captive audience. And so I, no, I want to hear about <laughs> it. Um, it's, there's, like, ballroom, which comes from, like, Europe. Salsa dancing originated in, like, New York in the 70s, the same time as, like, The Hustle. And it's um, grittier, but not, like, in a gross way. You just, you feel it more. And, like, you you dance to, like, live music. Um, There's amazing instruments, uh, none of which I can name. But there's different styles and different versions of it, and it's always evolving. And, like, when I was in Chicago, I got super into it. I was performing and teaching and like I wow. yeah it's funny people out here wouldn't expect that but like I I was in like glitter sequin like fake eyelashes tons of makeup crazy like just tons of hairspray is that part of the genre or style that you have to be all poochied out like that well for performing yeah not for just like regular social dancing but poochied out I love that <laughs> phrase I lo- no my mom when or my grandmother had a little poodle named poochie 
that's all. That's the end of that. <laughs> so when you're so you're because I have social anxiety. Yeah, so do I. And it's it's weird because it's a couple weeks, and I didn't. It took me a long fucking time to be like, oh. Yeah, that's- I just realized it a couple years ago. I was like, oh, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, and I told Jonah Ray, and I was like, oh, I just realized. And he's like, yeah, that's why we all drink. We all do. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that is why I drink a lot. I mean, well, I do drink a lot. But, I mean, often I drink socially. Because yeah. it's like, it knocks dead. I can't do it because I know I would get too into it. But also, it like, the drinking part, like, I... Drinking has a, like, really strong effect on me where like the days afterwards i'll be super drowsy and also i'm like i'm clinically depressed and like alcohol just doesn't help that so i've yeah i just i don't drink as much plus i have like a addictive personality but i would if all that stuff wasn't factored in i think because i'm easily inclined to something that would just take away the take the edge off yeah, I was way more social in Chicago. That's the weird. And then I moved here and I became really reclusive. A lot. I, want, I mean, did you? Chicago. I feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm interviewing you now, but, which is not a complaint. But I feel like maybe like when you got into your relationship, was that around the time you came out here? With I, Kelly? Yeah. Oh, no, we've only been together a couple of years. Oh, really? I, I've been out here 13 years. You have? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know anything about but it's because I but it's and it's weird because it's like suddenly it just it seems like it flew by and it's like oh time flies by so quickly out here it's weird and there's a lot of like as you there's a lot of like I have a lot of free time like I have an inordinate like if I didn't choose to do podcasting and stuff I could just I'd just be probably watching movies and like having a day drink (laughs) it's like very I don't know it's dangerous yeah but it also helped me. It helped me focus a lot too, because it was like, you're, because f- you're just like, well, I guess I'll just fucking write, because I'm not gonna yeah, walk to the corner bar. Yeah, that's what drawing is for me. It's like a way to. I've always, and that's been the way. For, that's how it's been for me my entire life since I can remember. It was, um, it alleviated. I mean, it was my. I didn't want to hang out with people when I was younger. Like all I wanted to do was just be by myself and like create things. Was that like, uh, like? That's them fighting over who gets the chew Cope, toy. Coping mechanism. Yeah, but yeah, because like, cause, like I withdrew and I would read a lot and yeah. write. I read a lot too. Um, not like you know, philosophy and stuff. It was like I would read um, comics like Calvin and Hobbes. I feel like my voice just was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through puberty as a boy right now. <laughs> oh great. Uh, no, I like Calvin and Hobbes and just those, um, newspaper comics and then like. I was really into Norman Rockwell and the the, the New Yorker, <laughs> but just for the comics and then for like the um, short stories because there were like little mentions of like sex and I was like, oh my God, you know, and then everything else. But yeah, I, I found ways to like kind of be on my own. Yeah. Did, did, have you ever submitted to the New Yorker? Have you ever? No, I. That's like the, isn't that like the? I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, I feel like I would have to be better at writing jokes. And I have a web comic that I was doing for a while, and it was just it was anecdotal about myself, and it, it is funny. I mean, <laughs> I say that very arrogantly, <laughs> but it is because it's just it's me describing like how awkward I am with people, and so it's I f- I find it funny because it's me being able to laugh at myself or just like the weird situations I get into. Like, I'm trying to think of one. 
for example, like there's one comic where I was shopping at Whole Foods. <laughs> so and this guy came up to help me and I um he had like a limp or something and so I was like, Oh no, you don't need to help me. Are, are you okay? And he's like No, that's just how I walk and I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like it's just a lot of that. But that's awesome. Yeah. And that's relatable, I think. I yeah, know. but that doesn't work for the New Yorker, you know? Um and I don't I'm not a good writer. Like I'm I feel like I can write really well, but I have to spend so much time and energy and I don't want to. It's horrible. Like writing is painful for me. It's like passing a kidney stone, I would imagine. That's my I see I can't draw at all. Yeah. I Did you formally study? No. Write, draw, draw? No. Um Cuz your stuff is like and to me it's like thinking. I didn't know you until Dustin Marshall had you do my podcast bullshit or. on my yeah. And then I I don't know but how But that was I, graphic design. Oh, that's computer stuff? Yeah, it's computer stuff. So it had nothing to do with your drawing? No, it did. I mean, it's because I, I liken it the same thing. It's still like I still used like. I, f I find graphic design to be similar to it because you're, you're moving words around and like it's using the space and the negative space and like use of colors and light and stuff like that. And I did weird stuff with like your photo. Um, and I am self taught in that too. So I, I liken it. I think yeah. it's the same. You're I feel like I'm coming off as like a douchebag. Not at all. I'm wearing like a knit hat right now, <laughs> which is only because my hair is like. I, I talk to my boyfriend. Um, I feel like I look like um, a Barbie doll that was thrown in the dryer by accident. <laughs> so that's why I'm wearing the hat because I thought Kelly might be taking photos today. So I was like, I can't risk, um, that. Or like it's dark brown. I have dark brown hair right now. So. Yeah, I'm not. But it's cold out. You just having a knit. Yeah. It's well, I mean, it's L.A. Cold. cold, but L.A. Cold's a different kind of cold. And yeah, you can take that out if you want. <laughs> um, Do I just put it on the table? Yeah, just put it on the table. Okay. What? Um, it's funny because I know you don't. You don't sound like a douche. You, you, you have a great deal of charm, and you have Thank a. You. you also have kind of I don't know. There's something in your voice that's very. Um, this is gonna stop. This is gonna stop. But it, there's masculine. like a refined, yeah, <laughs> masculine, very Schwarzenegger-esque yeah. voice you have. Um, no, there's like a, I don't know, there's an intelligence in oh, this sound. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So how did you, how would you describe the drawings that you do? Is that is that a, even a thing one could describe? Well, I mean, I do or all your style. I do all sorts of drawings. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I want to know the asshole, Jenny Fine. Uh, the stuff I do on Instagram is just, um, s like, I mean, that's the stuff that you've s seen that's, every day. Yeah, like, right. that's, I don't even know. I mean, like, do you mean, like, this is where I get difficult and I have to, like, how do I d answer questions? I get, like, I have to, like, ruin it by taking it apart. Do you mean, like, um, the medium? Or do you mean, like, what does it mean that I'm doing them? <laughs> I don't know. That's more than I... But, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's a unique... I have to draw every day, like I have to, for like emotional reasons, but also just to um, probably for you, you need to write every day to like work that muscle. Yeah. I call them warm up sketches, just like anyone would need to warm up, you know, if they're an athlete or warm up their <laughs> voice. It's funny because like my cat, uh, she like I'll I'll be in conversation with someone and if it's like, a, have you ever lived with a cat before? Yeah, I, I, I once 
Yeah. I got an ex-girlfriend of mine cats because she wanted cats. You got her multiple cats? I got her two cats because she really wanted them. And then uh, she dumped me and got pregnant by the guy she was cheating on me with. And like a dumb fuck, because she was pregnant, she couldn't have the cats anymore. Really? I took them back. Where'd, what happened to them? Uh, I'm really worried about... You, I'm. Not, you're not going to like the end of oh this no. story. Oh, no. Did you have them put down? No. I had them put up. No, for, I for gave, adoption? but I gave them to like a adoption place. But oh. that's, but you know, were they adult cats? Uh, yeah. All right. But then they once they got to my <laughs> apartment, they just pissed on everything, and my roommates yeah. were like, "Well, changed, yeah." They got really I, pissed. I can get, I can go into like it's really hard for cats to like experience change, and they'll probably you know lash out. But that's that's really hard. That's. I'm very sorry that that happened. I to just you. I was a dumbass. I've been a dumbass in relationships for most of my life. I probably, I am, I mean, I've found recently that I, I am too, like, looking into it, but One of the let me tell you the story about my cat, because <laughs> that's really what it's. Cat, you, well, the cat is a metaphor, though, for your relationship. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, especially because there's that whole thing of, like, ladies wanting someone who don't, don't want them back, and I'm constantly trying to, like, although my cat's very affectionate right now, please edit the podcast down so it's not like mostly <laughs> like cat and then like partially art would you pick a lot of guys who were i mean i picked a lot of girls who like and i've always been like nice guy and i'm like i don't give a fuck if you don't yeah. like it then fuck you <laughs> if but you I, can't deal with it you can <laughs> there's the door but i would get a lot of girls who would just, like i've been told like i was told you're too nice and i'm like why is this a bad thing like, yeah i'm not smacking you around i'm not fucking your best friend uh do i go for that guy I'm, well, not to fuck your back, but like, I mean, or just why in general does chicks seem to do that? It I don't know. baffle me. I think it. I think you're attracted to a certain type of woman who probably goes for that also. Yeah. Because um, not all of us are like that, obviously. No one, like not all of it, anyone is like that. But I mean, for me, it's probably like a, I don't know. I'm dealing with that in therapy right now, so I'm not actually <laughs> sure. I, I don't have the answer. And I think if I did, I'd be married by now or something yeah so. i mean i would pick a lot of um i l it would be there was da a danger element and like it was like an adventure and then once that sort of wore off it could be just i crash and burn i yeah. dated a lot of crash and burn yeah i i know there's something to the effect of like there, it's it's really messed up but it's exciting when the person wasn't doesn't want you because when they give you attention it's like you won something this is so depressing yeah. Oh, I used to. My I had a girlfriend who just my stomach would just hurt and yeah. I'd get sick, and I was like, I knew she was cheating, and all these. Oh, things. really? Yeah, and I just, but I wouldn't ignore. Like I would, I was just like, no, it's impossible. Like, but it's like I knew she was. See, I've never, I've always like, most of the crazy like thoughts have been in my head, and it's I feel feel like for the most part, like I don't know if I've ever been cheated on. But um, for the most part, it's like all the anxiety and angst and like anger and stuff. It's been, it might have been that bad, but it's been in my head. And I've like, I've created the chaotic, I've been that person who creates the chaotic situations. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely in my situations, it wasn't just like, oh, she was this. And it's like, yeah, you fucking, you were in there too. Yeah. The, like, yeah. That's the thing I've learned. Like, yeah, it's, it is a two way street. It's really hard. It's really hard to come to that understanding because especially when you have those really bad relationships and you really want to just hate the other person and just write them off like i i think it's something to do, to do with like turning 30 or something 
um, or just having like a breakdown a few years ago, <laughs> just like being like, no, I can't. If I, if I do that, if I like like just write people off like that, I'm never gonna meet someone and, and be happy because I have to take responsibility for it. Yeah, and I, that's really scary doing that. I I had to. I kind of didn't date anyone seriously for like five six years because I was like. I was like, I gotta figure out what the fuck my problem is here. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. Because I was in the same pattern. Yeah. I was dating people I should never have dated. Fun and attractive. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes on coke. <laughs> Both of you? Well, yeah, because I was dumb and I was like, sure, cute Is that a girl. Chicago thing? Coke? No, ch- coke is an LA thing. Yeah, I don't know if it's a... It was in the 80s in Chicago. It was quite popular in my oh. late high school years. I don't know. It's the worst thing on earth. I've never done it. Don't. I won't. I've I've actually I'm so like naive about that stuff. I can't even tell when people are on it. Like it, it's. I was so scared of doing drugs um, when I was a kid because my parents like freaked my sisters out. There's this really funny. They have this story that they told us, and because of it, like I would when in high school, even if kids were like drinking or smoking weed, I would get butterflies in my stomach around it, and I would need to leave, because they told me like, do you know our neighbor? Well. Uh, his brother was a football star, and um, in high school, he smoked marijuana, and you know what happened? And we were like, what happened? And he was like, he shot his girlfriend, then he shot himself. Don't do drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Did did your parents do a lot of those scare tactics? No, I don't think so. Um, I don't don't believe so. I just remember that in particular, because it was just like... (laughs) Because they didn't do any drugs. um, Just... Because they just weren't ever interested in it, so that always stood out. Because I've been around a lot of, I've been in just like, especially out here, just like around a lot of people who do do drugs, and so I still think about that. I don't know. I feel like I'm just trailing off now. Oh, I need to eat food. We're gonna get back to the conversation here in one moment, but I just want to take out this time to. Uh, make you aware of if you go to my page at feralaudio.com the conversations with Matt Dwyer page and if you click on the Amazon link and if you use that anytime you purchase things like uh, groceries um, medicine shampoo DVDs feral audio and conversations with Matt Dwyer gets a kickback of that money and that can help us uh, keep our lights on and buy equipment I currently desperately need a new recorder so I can do more extensive interviews with more than two people at a time uh this would help me out greatly you can also donate through that donate button on my pages as well um so if you really want to buy me a new zoom recorder that would be awesome thank you very much for listening back to the conversation now do you can you because maybe the therapy are you able to sort of pinpoint why you have social anxiety not yet. <laughs> I know um I my therapist posited that like maybe I've always been kind of depressed. Like it's just been something like that I was born into. So and it was like low grade so it was hard to <laughs> I'm going to tell that cat story. Um it was it was low grade so like it's not easy to detect and like uh I don't know. I've always, I, like, I was really shy when I was younger, and again, like, I was really antisocial, um, and so I didn't really reach out 
to people. I didn't like. I don't, there's a this certain period in a kid's life where they are interested in like parallel play and like and then start being interested in other kids and that just wasn't the case for me. You I just skipped that. I think I skipped that, and so I'm, I had to like go back and try and manufacture it on my own, and it's it feels it's weird um, because I'm so it's difficult. It's like. I don't know. Maybe you were really advanced as a kid and you realized everyone's I was probably fucking a genius. bullshit. <laughs> I was probably a genius. I mean, that's, in high school, I kind of just was like, I suddenly hated people. Like, I was just like, you're all fucking into... Maybe that was arrogance. As a, but I was just like, you guys... Are... I'm just really nervous and insecure. Um, I don't know. I'm going back and like looking at it now. Like, I, I just remember being really nervous and insecure. And people from my high school might be like, I'd, I never remember you as that. You know, like... Yeah, I think so, most people in high school are nervous, and I got yeah. the shit kicked out of me a lot. So that is, oh, I think, yeah? why. Yeah, like I socially would be the guy that I like. Like, did you provoke people, or were no, you, no, oh. no? I just had something very punchable about me. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Was it your stupid smug face? Just, yeah. Sorry. Ow! You hit me. <laughs> no, like I would be the guy. Like I'd be at a fucking Denny's with a girl, like or a couple <laughs> friends, and there would be inevitably some jocks at a table who just would decide to start throwing food at me. Like, I was just always the... And I think because, you know, it's whatever. I think after you get abused a bit, you carry it around with you. And so people just kind of sense victim. Ooh. I know, it's great. But <laughs> it sucks. And, but, uh, it's not the right word. Yeah, it, but it's... So I think so that a lot of my life was... Uh, there was always a sense of that something could come out of nowhere and fuck everything up and cause harm or fear. So I get like in social situations that's planted in my brain somewhere where i'm like oh i'm gonna somebody's gonna come and cold cock me or <laughs> jesus <laughs> well i've got some horrible stories okay <laughs> uh well i mean it sounds like you have a nice situation now like just with the recent recording like i was seeing all these other people post about it how like you're one of the most beloved comics out here and like a hidden gem and um just one of the like best people anyone knows like there's I missed these posts. Oh, you need to go back and <laughs> look at it. It just made me teary. Well, you should have. You should next time you do like a recording, you should create a hashtag so that you can go through it. You should go through it and then be hashtag like, Matt's, through it. Matt's an awesome gem. Yeah, but there are some really sweet things people were saying about you. Oh, maybe. And one horrible thing. <laughs> just kidding. I would. Yeah. That's uh, how I was, I'm always fascinated about that. How like you can be a really well liked person, but then there's one person out there who just has this. There's a couple people in this world who view me as a really? horrible person, and it's just like, God, what did I... You might have... I mean, no one's perfect. You probably were horrible to them. Either I've, that or they're crazy. Uh, one of them, I think, is... They said that, like, oh, he's going to murder somebody someday. Nice. That's not a person you want <laughs> to not like. And you. they're right, and it's going to be her. Ugh. And I'm not a violent... Oh, you're going to murder someone. Yes, and oh. I'm not, but I'm not a... Like, you know, they. this person... And it's funny because they said this, these things to my friends and I couldn't even for the life of me place who the person was until like five days later. I was like, oh, that person. I, was, I just had a thought about like where my anxiety comes from. I think because I like grew up watching a lot of TV and movies and I, I viewed life being like that. And when it wasn't, it was like really hard for me, I guess. Oh, when it wasn't like, it, like everything perfect, has a like happy the movies. Name. Like everything, any like major milestone I had, like I... I remember, like, my first kiss, I, like, called my sisters, and I was like, it was like a movie. And every time, it's like, it's like a movie. And when it's not, it's, it's like, crushing almost, because because I watched so much TV, I was, like, a, like all the time. 
Yeah, I was the same way. I escaped much, and in my childhood, I, the it was all the all the local programming was like old TV shows and old movies. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, I was watching like F Troop and Humphrey Bogart movies. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, so my dad, was, my dad was like really into the older movies. So like I know like I watched a lot of musicals, Danny Kaye and like Sergeant Bilko and, uh, yeah. It's only until this Christmas I've uh, got an appreciation for Danny Kaye. He creeped really? me out as a kid. Yeah. Interesting. But White Christmas, is that the one he's Oh, in? I have not seen that. Have you seen The Court Jester? And I as a kid. Okay. I, like, it's so funny. I watched it recently. It still holds up. I mean, the dude is, like, insane. Like, like it's... Oh, yeah, so and talented. And physical... He's so... Fi- but oh, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 I think I, I saw that got into it. I don't know. There was something about him I just didn't like as a kid. I liked the Marx Brothers and I liked oh, yeah? Ernie I Kovacs, which I don't know. Oh, I know, I know of Ernie Kovacs, but I always confuse him with the baseball player. Sandy Kovacs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both Jewish. I own the household. It's the same as like my big fat Greek wedding. I knew like every celebrity and any notable person who was Jewish. I was Jewish obsessed as a kid. Like I have Jewish f- folks who think I'm Jewish. Yeah. But I mean, I was so obsessed with like the Marx Brothers and Woody Allen and, yeah. and I... I think like John Belushi was later the first comic who I was not Jewish that I liked. <laughs> he's probably Jewish. Took me. He, he's Albanian. Oh Albanian. yeah. Maybe that's. Ju- I don't know if they have Albanian Jews. Probably. We're everywhere. You are. Um. I wanted to be Jewish. I thought about converting. Yeah. But I, then I, I'm like, oh, I have to learn Hebrew. That's gonna fuck that. That's too much work. I mean, it d- it depends where you convert. I mean, I'm sure you'd have to. I don't know. I used to know, like, I, I studied it. Like, I was I was raised, like, conservative, so I, like, super, was super absorbed into it. So I know things. I, like, I can tell you, like, how an animal is kosher. Like, how it's killed how and is stuff. It? Uh, it was different versions of it for, like, mammals versus, like, fowl versus oh, really? fish. And, like, it's even, like, how it's killed and, like, the knife that they use and, like, how they test the knife and, like... After it's killed, they have to, t- like, look into it, and if there was any, like, diseases, or if they had a broken bone, even, it's not kosher. Really? Yeah. Do you still, uh, what is it? Ascribe? The, yeah. To? Do you, you don't practice Judaism, do you? I uh, don't. It's the Christians that practice, because they can't get it right. Thank you. Because <laughs> they're awful, usually Christians are the worst fucking people on earth. My mom's a born again. Oh, okay. Fuck off. Okay. <laughs> I just told my mom to fuck off. Oh, wow. I, She's horribly judgmental. Uh, I I worked at a a nonprofit that I have a lot of, a lot of evangelical Christians. So like I, it's hard for me to comment on it because I like I I talked to them about it and like saw their side of it and like it's it humanized them for me. So I can't. It's hard for me to speak poorly about them. Yeah, I'm not to say that there isn't people well, no. who are good at being Christians and are de- and who maybe paid attention oh, to no, what absolutely. Jesus said. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think all religions have the potential to, like, if you get too into them, to, like, take you down a really dark, bad, like, uh, polarizing path. Yeah. I feel. It's, uh, yeah. Because, I, I, I don't know, I think if when you get really into, like, the extreme versions of, of a religion... Sometimes it's because of faith, but I think it's also because it's filling a void, in a sense, in my opinion. No, it totally is. And I think that's, you know, I'm most a lot of the people I know who turned to a, a religion, and I remember there's a few years back where I was having a horrible time. I was like, this is a perfect time for me to get sucked into a cult. Because <laughs> I was like, I was just so lost. Yeah. But I was like, slightly aware. 
Yeah, I feel like I'd be it'd be easy for me to get sucked into one. And it's like you know, you feel for a brief moment, you feel like you found some kind of answer. I feel okay. I yeah. think like I think for some people who are born again, I think it's great. Like if if they can find happiness, like I was talking to Kelly about it before she left here. Like being, I I admire people who have faith because not having it is it's painful, you know, and like. If you can be, I don't know, if you can, if you can know that everything's ultimately going to be okay, it like, it just makes everything that you go through, all the shit that you go through, um, somehow easier. Yeah. Life is fucking awful. I mean, that's, yeah. a, I mean, you know, there's always, and that's the other thing with going back to the movie thing is like, cause that <clears> always <throat> is like, sort of like life is great propaganda. And yeah. it's like, you know, n- you know, Danny Kay never was like, I'm going to dance this dance cause I've got bone cancer. <laughs> That's how he died? No, no, I'm saying... Oh. Like, <laughs> they, they've always... You know, it was always just like, life is sunshiny. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, and then you think like... So if you start feeling uh, different than that, you're like, oh, what's wrong with me? Have you seen Five Pennies? I, I don't know. Because that was a musical uh, that Danny Kaye... It was like a a biopic um, of... I. It's this like big band conductor i forget what time period but danny k played him oh really and it was a it was actually like a really it got like it was a dark movie like but there was music and there were funny periods but it's interesting that you mentioned that because it had those happy songs but it also dealt with a very dark part of this guy's life yeah and louis armstrong is in it i love louis armstrong yeah so you should watch it i will that's that's why i think why i liked noir films though because they were so dark and bleak (laughs) it's like yeah. Even as a kid, there was something really... I in- loved Mildred Pierce when I was a kid. I don't, God, I can't think if I saw uh, that. Joan Crawford. They did a remake of it recently with That's like uh, Kate Winslet? Winslet. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but like the original one was like... It was just super noir super like dark shadows and um, just the most lipstick that she could put on her face and... I mean that's that's basically the movie, <laughs> Dark Shadows and Lipstick. <laughs> no, it's it was really good. It was really well acted, and um, I don't know. I didn't understand. I didn't really un- know what noir was when I saw it. I just thought it was super cool. Yeah, I didn't quite understand it as a kid, and yeah. until I, but I just knew that there was like something in that. Like I was like, I want to walk into that. I want to be there for a w- little bit, and, and just be like very dramatic and speaking very fast <laughs> and low, and you don't, you're never gonna understand me. Yeah, I want to grab a dame and slap her, and then the next oh, yeah. thing you know, we're kissing. Yeah. Did to go back to your art though? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, this is I how. I was thinking about that. But no, I was because I was thinking like how. How do I describe my art? No, but like how? What? Well, I mean, yeah, but the because you're the, that you're making a living so if you i see a lot of the warm-up sketches is that's yeah. what instagram is so what is the stuff that you're sort of selling or making um the stuff i make a living on like i do storyboards and i do graphic design and that's how i that's my bread and butter and then the stuff i do on instagram the warm-up sketches is for warming up but also just what i do when i don't want to work um i would i would love in a perfect world if i had just some like benefactor who just paid me to just do that all day because I actually have tons of those sketches I, I don't know like I don't think I have enough of like a following to do like a solo art show or anything but I have I have just hundreds of those they're just in my house and I know I could do something with it but yeah a benefactor who I wouldn't have to sleep with they would just pay me <laughs> or maybe I could just be independently wealthy 
whatever. Yeah, I I would bet that you would be surprised that if you did a show, I think you would be surprised at the turn because I would be surprised. (laughs) I would be very surprised. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I make some money from like I'm also really bad at business. So it's that's because you're really good creatively, and that's yeah, I'm very right-brained, which I just realized recently wasn't left. I thought I was left brain. I thought left brain was the artsy side. I, yeah. Like some people just lately, yeah. I, some people just think I'm high when I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm very, I'm very right-brained, and I I can go left brain. I can do it, but then I get really depressed. Oh like, yeah, it's. I've tried to like go the straight road a couple times where I'm like, I'm just going to get a normal job and live it, you know, fuck it. And then it's yeah. like instant anxiety. And yeah. like, it's, I'm like, I'm still anxious, but like this way it's, I get to be just creative and just push things how I want to. And I don't know. Yeah. What was the question? Oh, but the, was there the, a question? Uh, the, the, what you were, uh, Oh, how making. I make money. Yeah. But see, like, no one commissions you, like, I want a portrait. You know what? I've actually, um, in the last year and change, have been um, getting, like, commissions have been trickling in. Like, right now, I've um, I've, I've gotten a lot of commissions going. I mean, not, not like 20 or something, but like... <laughs> you could be the... the we need, what we need is a fancy restaurant, so you could be the Hirschfeld. Is it Hirschfeld? Oh, Hertzfeld. Hertzfeld. Oh, actually, you know what? I don't... Rem- yeah, no, I'm confusing. I think it is Hirschfeld. Of our time. Because Don Hertzfeld did those cartoons with um, Mike. <laughs> he just... He, he writes uh, Silicon Valley. He produced... Oh. Judge. Oh, Judge. They, he did like a, a traveling animated show called The Animation Show or something. Oh, really? With Don Hertzfeld. Did you ever see those black and white... Like really simply drawn, um, like stick figures. The most yeah. my spoon is too big. Yeah. That's Don Hertzfeld. Oh, cool. Um, called rejected cartoons. He's great. Would you collaborate with somebody writing wise? Like if because you said you're like painful, painfully. It's painful. um, it's. I've tried doing it before. Like I did a comic with a friend, and um, it's hard because like I have to be very. Um devoted to it i have to have like a stake in it like emotionally and because i even like created my own graphic novel and i was really into it for a period um 10 years ago and then once i got over that state of mind like my voice just cracked again (laughs) mine um i didn't i haven't like i've in my head i'm like i should go back to that you know because i have this fully formed thing that i could turn into something um but i haven't because i just it's hard to make myself do it and so I don't know, collaborating, like, I've, I'm interested in doing it with people, but it's hard to do it long-term. Like, I don't think I could commit to several of them, unless it was, like, a benefactor who paid me lots of money. I'm starting to feel that this, you only did this show so you could solicit a rich person out there. Yes. There are people who still give money to artists. No, I know, like, I I actually... It's a shame it's not, like, the 50s, whenever, you know... Yeah, or, like, the... the, middle ages where there was like the what are they fuck i keep on doing this well the church would well no you know that that italian family that just you know paid for artists to do things and like there's another wagner had a benefactor like i want one too yeah i want one too and uh why what do you like about um fuck it the painter you like so much oh norman rockwell yeah uh he was great do you 
this is kind of like because I've always been like I don't know I mean he's obviously very talented but there's he such was a- great that's why <laughs> next question um, but there's just, sometimes it's such pro-American and I'm like it's I'm like par- was there a satire that I was par- missing there well there's a great sense of humor and like the uh, like, because I'm self-taught like I don't really know all the terminology for it but I know gesture art I know that's like with like the poses and stuff people normally in, in art like in traditional you know beautiful museum art it's all these like gorgeous you know poses great posture or like romantic poses and if you were here you'd see me doing them <laughs> and quite elegantly thank you uh salsa dancing <laughs> so um but his his poses were real you know and also like he pushed them like the the expressions were amazing and they were they were also like really wholesome and um they also depicted scenes really well and the detail was amazing too and like i'm color like evades me like i i incorporate coloring and i can do stuff with it but i'm not i i can't naturally know like well this will go well with this so and he just had like a knack for it it just i don't know there was so many like there was feeling like and movement even though it's still and um perspective and i don't know i'm just saying a bunch of art words now art why didn't you go to art school did you not want to you know i i don't know (laughs) like i i i've been thinking about this recently like because i did apply to art schools and towards the end of um high school like oh towards the end of high school i wasn't really doing um i wasn't focusing on art and i had this weird thing when i was in high school like i know now like i used art as a way to kind of it was a coping mechanism, but it was also a way to keep like a barrier between myself and people. Like I would just show people art and then they would like the art and then I wouldn't have to have them (laughs) meet me. Um, But then I started feeling angsty in high school. Like I don't want to be thought of as an artist. So like people would ask me to do stuff for them and I would do it, but like I felt weird identifying as that. I don't know. Stupid pubescent stuff. It's it's weird because a lot of artists I've interviewed and whatnot, they, uh, they often are saying that like art school discouraged them to go like Lori Lipton was like was told like your stuff is terrible like yeah. you're not that's you not know, what's popular I, right I now I mean I did make it into some schools but like and I was also like told I was really good which I think I think I was I mean I think I was good like I um but it's hard because like when you're like poor me poor little kid me whose parents are telling me like oh you're so talented <laughs> um but when I'm when you're rejected like it's like what this is bullshit. So I like I I didn't get into RISD, which is like one of like the most like at the time at least was like a really awesome art school. It probably still is. Um but yeah. I also know like I I come from like a very logical people and the, like my my dad and my mom like they supported my me. Like if I wanted to go to college or regular college, that's great. If I wanted to go to art school, that's great. But my dad is also very practical and he was saying stuff like how a lot of you know, artists don't make a lot of money they don't make their money back from art school which is true they don't like they you can rack up like they're really expensive a lot of them are really expensive you can rack up a lot of debt but that goes for any school really um yeah everybody i know is in major yeah not me because i quit but it's like yeah like when Uh, kelly and i get married i inherit 20 grand of debt (laughs) nice and it's like fuck yeah i you must really really love her (laughs) (laughs) you did bring up a good point i might not Huh. Run. Run. No, she's lovely. Um 
Yeah, no, I don't know why. And I even took an art class. I just took, it's so stupid. I took like paper making, which is not even anything that I had ever done before. But I took that in art school or in, in college. And I was like, this is dumb. And also that stupid thing where like I was praised as a child and like no one thought I was amazing in that class. So I was like, fuck <laughs> this. I'm going to regular school. Did and then I was depressed for for four years. Do you think that art school would have even have affected i mean because you i constantly i I constantly regret it there are like several periods um especially since moving out here where like because a lot of people like um who go to cal arts um i think pixar hires like directly out of cal arts and like a lot of people who work at like cartoon network or disney you know they sometimes they'll do like guest teaching spots at cal arts or other art schools out here you know like so it's it's really easy to find placement this is from the perspective of someone on the outside so um like i don't know i i think it would have helped me a lot and i think it also would have helped me networking wise and also i think i would have avoided like avoided not voided um a like a period of very like deep depression if i had gone to art school because i did like i ignored art for a while and it i got really depressed in college i tried to be a student and I I did really well but like I didn't have the college experience because like, I was constantly trying to be a writer and be you know intellectual and I did well but because I worked so hard and I suffered socially and like emotionally and I, I had like a I developed an eating disorder from it like it was real fun from avoiding art I, th- I think that's part of it I mean I that's what the graphic novel is about and I like I studied the eating disorder as my senior thesis. <laughs> it was a really fun time. That's in an, um, in itself sort of like a art project. It is. Um, I studied it from the perspective of like, you know, Jews because like eating is a huge part of our life, and also like the stress of assimilation because I was always like, I was raised like strong, like strictly Jewish, but um, I was raised in the city. I was one of the only Jews in my school, and I was constantly having to be pulled away for th- you know things and like. Um, for the holidays that are different and like I was I don't know it was just hard to relate but I never really wanted to like do like synagogue stuff I didn't really feel like I related to the kids in like Jewish youth groups and stuff so it was stressful for me like identity wise yeah so that factored into it but yeah I I think art school would have helped me in that respect because I would have been able to like in the last couple of years I've embraced my my weird wackiness like my dark brown hair (laughs) um i've embraced it and i was hiding it for the longest time and feeling different and feeling like i had to control myself so much which is what an eating disorder is like it's not about at the at the very like top of it it's about like i'm ugly you know but at the the very deep core of it it's like having control of your over your life over yourself stuff like that and like <laughs> here's where i get in my feminist soapbox <laughs> because like women's the female body is like picked over and ridiculed and and just criticized and just you know huge campaigns are are made on women's bodies whether or not we want to and so often the only th- thing that we are able to control at the end of the day is our bodies and sometimes not even that, but at the end of the day, it's like, if we're not in, you know, 
held in actual captivity, the only thing we can really control is what we put in, in our bodies. Right. Dick joke. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like it used to be thought that eating disorders were like a, you know, epidemic of like the middle, upper middle class, but it also happens in like people of color and, you know, working class, poor people, because it's people dealing with trying to have con some sort of control. And that's what I feel happened to me. I'm not talking about my art at all. No, well, it's a conversation we go all over. Yeah. I, but that's because when you're saying that, I recently found out a friend of mine, because I was thinking LA fucks, I mean, even dudes, not to the level of, of women. But How like, dare you? <laughs> But I mean, <laughs> there's an element of like, oh, you got to be young and good looking oh, in this absolutely. town. And I, because I was like, you know, in, I'm 46, I bartend, kind of an anomaly in Los Angeles because it's always like 20 something guys. Everyone's really good looking. Yeah, but everyone's bartend. also lying about their age. That's true. Yeah. Maybe I, like, I, I feel like everyone here passes for 28. I literally don't get called ma'am until I'm in the airport in Minneapolis. Ma'am. That's yeah. so Midwestern. Yeah. Out here. <laughs> I mean, supposedly, or else everyone's just jacking me off. But they're like, oh, my God, you could totally pass for blah, 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 blah. But in Chicago, like, I'm, like, better looking than I am here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinner than I am here. Everyone's like, better in Chicago. I love Chicago. Yeah, and that's uh, it, it's like when Kelly's like, oh, I'm putting on weight. I'm like, I'm from the Midwest. Like, fucking put it on. Who doesn't like a big Midwestern ass? <laughs> a big Midwestern ass. That's funny. But it's like... I, I, but it fucks with your, anyway, so. It does, it does. I definitely, like, it's weird, the, I, the first time I ever considered plastic surgery was out here. Not, I don't think I would do it, but I, just like, the first time it popped in my head. And, like, when it happened, I was like, oh, what, what is that? You know, like, why would I? It's so weird to me. It it's, is, it's really weird. It's, it's. Before actually, like, trying to work on the interior and, like, trying to work on, I don't know, how I feel about myself. Let's just. Throw, and it it's up. not going to make you, that's like, you know, it can't. Those chicks you see on the, t t the like they when they look all fucked up, but it's like they can't look in the mirror and go, "Hey, I it's look like I'm 20 again." Or maybe they're delusional. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's if you have enough money, you can do it. Because I I just think most people try and cut corners, and those are the ones who look shitty. Yeah, you don't want to cut corners when it comes to your I face. <laughs> but at, at that but boobs. at that point, you're so. I, what do I know? Like I don't know any of these people. Know. Why am I just making these comments? It's uh, I don't. It's uh, I just read like the whole like age thing because I've had agents and managers be like, you know, don't say your age on stage. And I'm like, fuck you. Like who gives a shit? Like this shit. Like I like it needs to stop. Where it's like, oh, you're too old, and you're. It's like fuck you. Old people are the best. Most of the people I interview are like seventy on yeah. my show, and it's like because they have wisdom. Yeah, but they feel like there's a young. Um, twenty somethings know nothing. I've been a twenty something. I know like, those are the people who are creating stuff. Like, who, like the is that so I can blame them for everything being vapid and shallow? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just keep on thinking about all the new shows on Cartoon Network and a lot of the creators like they were hired, and this is totally I'm I'm going to get probably contradicted if if any of the animators or whatever. But I, I feel like a lot of a lot of people producing new shows are like right out of art school, like 23, 24, you know? And they do have a unique perspective. So do the older people. No, I'm not not shitting on a complete generation. But yeah, I mean, it's true. But I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on in television right now, like where it's like, no one's likable and everyone's mean. Everyone's, and everyone's very vapid. And, and, and catty and it's very self-obsessed. And yep. I'm like, 
why are we participating in this? Like what? And it's not like somebody's bad, like Tony Soprano, where it's there's an excitement to it. It's like these people just suck. Very self. I don't like it's always sunny in Philadelphia because I feel like that describes those characters in my uh, people yeah. find it funny i mean you probably really like that show a lot of i people did think like it when i haven't watched it in a thousand I, years but i don't find it funny i find the characters like i see i can I, awful and they're, they're like all those characters that you're describing and i'm i, I have a friend who's like deep in cop i know the dog doesn't agree either you're um, so cute it's weird to me and like i, I hate when i'm told that because i don't like girls it's because i'm a man and I'm... You don't like girls? What do you mean? The TV show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell Kelly. She doesn't listen to the podcast. I'm gay. Oh. <laughs> no, but I'm like, I don't like that show. And people are like, well, it's because you're a male and you're too yeah. old. And I'm like, uh, things should be, have universal themes that we can all relate to. It's why people like fucking Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched it. I didn't start watching it because it came out at a time where it's like, I was very depressed Um it was hard for me to turn 30. I'm I'm going to be 32 in April. And uh, when that show first came out, I was like, it's these women who were like in their early 20s and like they had the whole their whole lives ahead of them. And I was just like, this is going to depress me so much. So I can't watch They're it. They're horrible, horrible, horrible lives ahead of them. But the thing is, it's just like they have, you know, the whole they have all this potential and stuff. And I was feeling like I had squandered so much potential. Like I keep on so going fucking talented. Thank you. <laughs> But I like I would I would uh... Charlie. <laughs> I keep on forgetting his name. Um, I I felt like I should have come out here ten years ago, you know. But I I wasn't in that place in my head. I couldn't have come out here ten years ago. Yeah. But I I wish I had. And there's that kind of thing. So I can't like I couldn't watch that show. And and then I just didn't start because there's so many other shows that I like. But the thirties, like I mean I'm fucking four years away from 50, which I hate saying just because I look like shit when my shirt comes off. <laughs> I mean, but with your shirt on, you look great. Thank you. <laughs> That's why I have sex with a shirt on with my wife. But Are you married already? No, March oh. 2nd, but we already say we're married. But, yeah. I, I, uh, but the 30s are so great because it's like you stop. Yeah. You become, sm you're wiser, you see you bullshit calm down. quicker. You calm the fuck down. Yeah. Like I, I, I started like, I don't know if I say it out loud, but in my head, I'm definitely think like thinking it. When any like bullshit is happening near me, I'm like, I can't deal with this. I'm 30. Like, this is not. I'm not interested. Yeah, there's such like weird drama and nonsense where you're just like, yeah, this means nothing. You're creating your own. You just need excitement in your life. It's like I just want quiet. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. It's like that South Park episode. Um, do you watch? Did you ever watch? I don't. Oh, I feel like I should. It's great. Um, there's just this really great episode um, where Stan comes of age. I think it's like a three-episode arc and where everything... Like, he turns nine or he turns ten and all of a sudden everything that he liked literally turns to shit. So, like, all of the, like, songs he liked, it just sounds like people are shitting and, like, anyone doing anything. Like, all the food that he likes, it just looks like a pile of shit and it, he just becomes depressed from it. I think you might really like it, actually. I feel like if you... I don't remember the episode. I can... I can yeah, I have no like you. beef with like the show. I just oh uh, no no I just uh, when there's so many episodes, it's uh, it's got such like a, a large collection. It's it's hard to like get into it. But like I I know there's certain ones that people can really identify with. It's really well done. I mean the stuff I have seen and and, uh, and other things that those guys have done. I've always been like, it's you know they're great and they're fucking you know 
powerhouses. satirists yeah. to be really pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> but they're equal opportunity attackers, which is kind of cool. I find that interesting, like with the Charlie, what's his Hebdo name? Thing. Hebdo thing. Yeah. Hebdo. Because it's like, if you look at his drawings, that guy drew everybody really, uh, like, offensively. Yeah, no. There was, there was some really interesting rhetoric going around about that. And, like, I stayed out of it just because, in general, a lot of... With, with a lot of these of scandals, yeah. I, I mean, with the YesL women, I got involved. Cause, Which was that? Uh, that was right after the shooting in, I think, Santa Barbara. This guy was, like, shot a oh, bunch of women. Oh, yes, yes. Like, Kelly women got wouldn't... really wound up about that, yeah. too. And rightfully so. Yeah. I started, like, I changed the way I spoke a little bit. Like, I stopped using cunt and pussy as uh, derogatory terms, because I used to. Especially, like, being around the comedy world, it's, like, easy to just be like, stop being a pussy. And it's funny when, like, a, a like small blonde lady does it. Um, but I stopped because it's like, that's using my gender, my genitalia as like a saying that someone is weak because of it, you know? Yeah. I was, um, I'm surprised how, I mean, I'm, it's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. Because I mean, I do, you know, there's the whole Lenny Bruce, like we give power to the words type Mm -hmm. of thing, but it's also like, yeah, but like they fucking got, (laughs) there's certain words that are. That power is not going to be changing yeah. anytime soon. Yeah, it definitely strengthened my my feminism and like. Did you read the book, cunt? You know, I started to, but I hated the way she wrote. It was like crazy stream of consciousness, and then she like got into this period where she like very early on in the book, she's like, "You should taste yourself." Oh yeah, yeah. And like, I do it at different <laughs> do it at different periods of you know the month, like right when you're about to have your period, when you're on your period, all this stuff. And I was just like, I can't handle this right now. It's too gross. Yeah, her sequel, Poontang, is really good. <laughs> <laughs> She's just got a whole string of her and Louis C.K. Like they when they get together. That was that movie. Was it called Poontang? No, what was it oh, called? Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang. That was a great collaboration. Um, Let's cut that one which, out. Which which feminists are you like well versed in the world of? Fe- I just want to say that I, I used yeah. to be. Um, I used to always brag that I've now read I'm Andrea like, Dworkin just to. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sensitive. No, I she, I quoted her in my senior thesis because oh. she deals a lot with not just um, feminism but also like race and assimilation and stuff because she's Jewish and I really identified with that because a lot of people, <laughs> this is where I sound super douchey. Um, like I'm of the, of the community of Jews who don't identify as totally white because like I, what I studied in college was kind of race science, not, not because race science doesn't actually exist, but it, um, like we, Jews were discriminated against like same as the Irish were stuff like that. You know, we were, because we were, people forget about that. Yeah. They forget about like a lot of people, but we were treated as not white in lots of ways um i i mean i don't know like uh just like we weren't allowed there there are deeds to houses in minneapolis like older houses where like you written in it is like do not sell to jews because i don't want them moving into that neighborhood you know that kind of thing people like my my grandfather was the first doctor first jewish doctor i should say he was the first doctor ever <laughs> my grandfather <laughs> he invented, he invented, he invented medicine, medicine. Yeah. before that it was just a mess he was the first jewish doctor working at this random i forget what hospital it was and like that's why like jewish named hospitals exist because they we had to make our own we had to make our own uh whatchamacallit Isn't it amazing? Like, I clubs it was like it was based in all the but it's like the bigotry just like these small-minded things of like like i was reading i'm reading this book about richard daly and uh, the old neighborhoods in chicago and it was yeah. like there's Pollock neighborhoods mm-hmm. and i'm 
talking like I'm from. Well, I am. That's how they. Yeah. But that's how they did it. Yeah. My grandfather referred to everybody by their racial slur, and it Everyone, wasn't necessary. Yeah. Necessarily a bigoted thing, but it's like you didn't leave the German neighborhood, you didn't leave the Italian yeah. neighborhood, or the WAP, Kraut, Polak, Mick. <laughs> Mick is Italian. Mick is Irish. Okay. Mick or pa- oh right, right. Irish. Mick and Patty are the two slurs for. Yeah, it's interesting when you learn words that you were using regularly are actual slurs. Like it's it's silly that I, I'm that this is the case, but a paddy wagon, I didn't realize what that meant until probably... All the, all the, all the drunk Irishmen. Oh, and the Irish were co- cops. Oh, I thought it was because the, a paddy wagon was, like, for people to sober oh, up in... It could be both, maybe. Oh. I just know that, like, the Irish really took over the police jobs in most... Like, speci- especially It's like New York, Sean Chicago. Connery in The Untouchables, who played an Irishman, even though he had an obvious, like, Scottish, Scottish. brogue. I don't understand yeah. his career. I don't either. And also a well-known <laughs> wife beater. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't remember where Judaism. Oh yeah, uh, Andrea Dworkin. Right. So, um, I didn't read a lot of hers. Uh, Naomi, Naomi Wolf, who's like super like a uh, polarized figure. Who else? There's also a lot of like magazines that were in the late '90s that I got into. Bitch magazine. Um, Bust was cool, and then it got kind of I've shitty. Been published in Bust. Oh, you have? Yeah, old well, Bust with Betty I wish with, you'd uh, said Betty that Boobs. before I finished that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> no, no, my friend, uh, my friend uh, was Betty Boob or whatever, the, and she founded it. Oh yeah. And then she sold it, and that's when it went down. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, I mean, when just forget it, just move. On. I just, it's, I just want the world to know that I'm a sensitive feminist who's been. That's awesome. Published in feminist magazines. Very cool. Yeah. Um, but now, like, it's cool. There's like this new wave of comedians who are very outspoken like eliza skinner is like awesome the way she speaks out um about feminism same with jake wiseman like jake and w- will weldon is a big one. Oh yeah weldon's a big i don't i don't follow him on twitter he's also he's got some bits oh yeah he's just i don't know there's a brilliance to that guy and he's i think he's maybe too young and good looking to have his ang- rage so yeah. it's not it makes it hard for people. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like really passionate about certain things. Yeah. So I guess those are the people that I'm into now. Like there are people that I was into when I was younger. Uh, Joan Jacob Brumberg. She wrote a book, I think in the late nineties called the body project. Mm-hmm. And it was, I actually, I gave it to my cousin who's like now 22 and she makes fun of me for it, which is like, why are you doing that? Cause I, I gave it to her cause like, I wanted to give her something inspirational as, like, this was 10 years ago or something, to, like, feel um, empowered. Because it's so easy to get sucked into, I don't know, just a, a different mindset. Like, I fell into it when I was in high school. I stopped caring about grades. I stopped caring about art. And I, all I did was focus on, like, clothing and trying to figure out how to be popular and stuff like that, which is so stupid. It's and you, And you don't think about... You don't think about, uh, I don't know, certain mechanisms that like are in place in society that send you th- that route. And if there's a way you can sidestep it, and it's really easy to do that. And what this book th- points it out. And it's it's actually really, it's written really comprehensively. And I don't know, I gave a turn. I guess I wrote something like an inscription. <laughs> I'm always curious about feminist, different feminist takes on on when there's pornography that is whatever. <laughs> when people, it's empowering yeah, um, you could tell by my tone. I don't <laughs> where I may stand on that. Oh, but okay. it's like, well, I didn't. I kind of like. I'm, I feel like the porn that's sort of in that realm. I'm just like, you're still sort of falling prey to the 
sort of patriarchal and stuff like that and you're still it's often it's still objectifying and they're the object of the man Not that I watch it a lot of porn. Listen. Unless it's, you know, Russian. <laughs> See, those are, those are the only ones that I feel weird about. Russians? The ones where it's like, it's clearly like, they're, they're not, I also think they're like on tons of drugs and it's probably not against their will. I, like the, the porn that's I have some friends who do alternative porn. and Yeah. I, and There's a lot of people, especially they like, they mingle with the comedy community and like. Yeah, this guy, Zach Smith, who's art name or, or he also goes you by Zach Sabbath I think I follow him on he's Instagram a, he's a really great artist he's a great artist he's and his girlfriend has some really interesting like unique il- illness or something yeah I don't know what it is but she gets pushed around in a wheelchair a lot yeah then or she's lazy one of the two but he's like this super sharp brilliant dude and I actually want to talk to him about this because yeah. it's like because I kind of like I just the industry overall is just pretty awful yeah but I mean, a lot of things, a lot of industries in general are awful, especially in LA. There's always going to be dark sides to it. And like, I don't know, as in terms of porn, like I feel like the only one, the only point that's really horrible is the stuff like those weird European ones where they, those, everyone's on drugs and they're probably there against their will and all that stuff. You know, it's, it's probably done really grossly yeah. and like a really, and like the stuff out here is also really gross, but at the same time, like. The showbiz industry overall, I think, is like, it's people think it's this, like, it's not liberal at all. It's very conservative-based. The morals yeah. in film is <laughs> are conservative. I actually feel like it's like a fine line between just porn out here and just doing any sort of thing out here. Because you're, you're forced to make a lot of, uh, I, I don't want to say sacrifices, but like just to, in order to, to make it, you you're forced to just say yes to a lot of things and kind of not prostitute yourself, but just like do things that you wouldn't normally do if you were in like a more empowered position. But that yeah. now I'm getting like super philosophical. When are we ever <laughs> fully empowered? Well, um, we have actually, we are, we went super long. Oh God. I didn't, good. I didn't even talk about my art. <laughs> we did talk about your art. Did we? Yeah. We talked about Norman Rockwell. Yeah, that's where true. can we find people find your art? Um, I'm most, uh, active on Instagram. I post stuff every day and under the moniker J fine original. Um, and it's, that's the same thing I use for Twitter, but like any art you see in there is probably tweeted from my Instagram. And those are my ink drawings, the Instagram ones. And then I, I have a portfolio. It's, uh, crop.com forward slash Jenny D fine, but that's going to change soon. <laughs> also, cause people will Google me and there's actually another Jenny fine who does art. She does art, but it's very different in like, we have to kill her dark. Well, she gets people email her trying to get a hold of me. Oh really? Did yeah. she steal your gigs? I don't know. Cause she does a very different medium. Like I, I'm paraphrasing and I hope I don't, if she, I don't hope I don't like too bad advertising for her, but she did some sort of thing with like a photo of her, her, um, deceased grandmother where she like animated it or something so it's very dark and my stuff is like know. yeah yeah you should check it out but she she owns i think like jennyfine.com which sucks it's great for her um yeah it was a weird time when i realized that my name wasn't my own like there was tons of jenny fines out there change your name to uh benedict cumberbatch i should <laughs> i love his name he has a good name thank you very much yeah it's great Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. 
if you uh, can donate some money, that would be great. Go to the uh, my page at Feral Audio. That use the Amazon link. Write a review on iTunes. I don't ask about that enough. Please give me a bunch of stars and uh, follow. Go to my website, themattdwyer.com. And uh, yeah, that's all. Matt things. Matt Dwyer. Bye. Feral Audio. the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.